This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, I'm here with Jeremiah Stringer, and it's going to be a good night, man. It's going to be a really good night. Oh, what up, everybody? Man, the comments are cracking me up. I haven't even looked at them yet. I was too busy doing the remix of our song at the beginning there. <laughs> look, look, Rocky Top Wrangler. I'm not so sure about the Rocky Top part. I'm not a Tennessee guy, but it says, had to put a Jeremiah Stringer Hawksby on hold. This better be good. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i can guarantee one thing <clears throat> i can i can guarantee one thing that it was not a trip video oh you know what i did i did a trip video when I, well it hasn't come out yet i filmed it friday i filmed it friday what it was a solo i don't do a whole lot of solo trips but uh i did myself a solo so I did a trip video and it was a lot less lonely out there because I had all of you all to talk to. Dang, that's awesome. Look at this dude. Somebody commented finally, a real hiker on the podcast. <laughs> that's hey man. The the guest tonight, Jesse, putting in miles, bro. Dudes, over seven hundred of them. I mean, now if you make it kilometers, it sounds even more impressive. It's over a thousand then, you know. So Yeah, yeah, I'll stick with the miles. <laughs> so uh it's going to be a good night. It, oh, dude. Andy, thank you, sir. Andy coming in strong that with the super chat. Awesome. Right off the, bat. the man with the killer beard. Sweet. Andy says, who this? I got a new phone. Congrats. Ooh, I did too. Did you get the new iPhone 13, Andy? I got mine right here. I'm super stoked about it. I'm going to wait. Awesome. I got the little attachable wallet thingy. It's pretty, pretty killer, I'm, man. That's all I'm going to say. It's pretty killer. I'm going to so, wait one more year, and then I'm going to upgrade, just like Andy. Are you? Nice. Okay, one more. Nice. So uh, one of the things that we got to make sure we get started right away, because this is the Backpacking Podcast, we need to go ahead and get the fake news going, because everybody knows the fake news is important. It's impossible. Ooh, Leonidas went, iPhone 13 Pro Max. Wow. He's not messing around, that Leonidas. He left no. the funniest comment on my last video, man. <laughs> what did I say? L- the funniest comment. I, I I got a new stove, right? It's a it's a crux uh-huh. stove. It's a really cool looking stove, and uh, it comes with this thing uh, that's like a it's like a pouch for it that you can put on the bottom of a of a like a fuel canister. Uh-huh. So it packs down real nice. And he mentioned he said it looked like a backpacking thong. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I won't, I won't take pictures of that one. Um, let's see. What else we got in here real quick? Is there anything else up, guys? Backcountry Pilgrim, what's up, man? Let's see. Anything else? The Shill Brothers haven't aged very well. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I commented. I get it, man. I commented because we st- we had started the show late. By the way, uh, Jesse is in the green room. Jesse, can you give me a thumbs up if you're you're good to go when we are? Okay, awesome. So while uh, while we we're getting so started out before the show, I made a comment <laughs> in the chat 
saying, uh, call us the Shill Brothers because we're showing up late. So that's what we're <laughs> talking about. Yeah, and the technical difficulties, I'm so, there's a fly. I've got like these little fruit flies that like started showing up. Have they showed up at your house? Annoying, man. I so annoying. Them. I hate them. And there's one just like flying from my face. But the technical difficulty today was my hat wasn't on straight. So uh, <laughs> we had to take a moment and make sure I got my hat straight. <laughs> so we look good for this, this this podcast. But with everything said, we got everything going. And right now it's time to bring in our guest for tonight. And that is Jesse Manti of Backcountry Forward. What's going How's on, going, man? guys? It is good to be here, finally. <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. Look, yeah. look at you. People don't, people don't see what happens behind and backstage, man. It is rough back there. You guys got like hyenas and Kentucky chickens. You got to stay alive. Yeah, dude. It, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But at least we have a good like platter of food for you when you get here. So, Absolutely. The crawfish were amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Wait a second. Yeah, well, this- did did Jay come? Did JK come here to Canada through Matt's hammock? <laughs> that is a deep cut right there. I have that is I have a the, deep cut. No, he's. I think he's referring to the 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 blanket video. Yeah, that, that was like a year and a half ago. That was that was ancient. Yeah. Yeah. So me, okay, Jeremiah, you may not know this, but me and Jesse and Maddie from Maddie Outdoors, all three of us did this like video for this blanket together. I it was like a backpacking blanket. That's hilarious, man. That wow, Evan, you win, man. That was that was meta. That was meta. Big time. Big time. So dude, you just got done doing the uh, GDT. Why don't the you Great Divide Trail? Yeah, why don't you tell us all about the trail so people who've never heard of it can kind of learn a little bit from you. Yeah, so uh, the Great Divide Trail is like the gnarly little sister of the Continental Divide Trail. <laughs> um, it continues, it starts actually exactly where the CDT ends, so at the U.S.-Canada border, and then it just makes its way straight up through the Canadian Rockies. And it is some, there's parts that are just totally untouched wilderness, and then there's parts that go through some of the like famous national parks like Banff and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's 750 miles, um, the whole thing, which is, uh, like you said, sounds more impressive in Canadian, which is 1,200 kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it took me 51 days, and it was just fantastic. That's awesome. I know I saw some of your stories on on uh, Instagram, and the views, they look like they never stopped the whole time. Is that true? They do. Like, there's moments, but, like, those moments are few. Like, really, every day you're seeing something, like, world-class, finest backcountry ever. It's amazing. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's just awesome. So 51, 51 days, huh? That is yeah. quite quite a long time i know that um you know you had a little bit company whenever you first started just camping out and that kind of thing but did you do it all pretty much solo i was actually yeah that was one of the things that really surprised me is because it's such remote backcountry up there um it's like and only like opposed to some of the big trails in the states way less people do it like in previous years like 40 to 50 would have been considered like a big year of people who have set out to attempt the entire thing. You know, there's other section hikers and whatnot, but this year, 75 people went out and did it. And so I was expecting to be like totally solo. Um, I expected to not see anyone for certain stretches, but no, like the longest I went without actually seeing anyone was like 36 hours. 
Um, wow. Now that was sometimes just like in passing, they're coming that way, I'm going on, and I continued on for the next day and a half without seeing somebody. But there was actually a few sections where I got to share the trail with some really awesome people and create like a tramley, as they say. Nice. Wow. That is awesome, man. Yeah. It was well, let me really ask you awesome. this, because this is something a lot of people want to know. What is the elevation like? Like on this thing, I, you're through the Rockies, dude. This, these aren't the Appalachian Mountains, okay? Like, we're talking mountains that are like four thousand feet. Yours are way more than four thousand foot mountains. Why don't you kind of explain some of the elevation to us a little bit? Yeah, I'm trying to think about. Um, so everything up here is in meters. So yeah, there's like, um, let's see. The one of the biggest days I did sixteen hundred meters. So if I just quickly pull up my calendar. Or, so times, so that's about forty eight hundred feet, um, and then that was thirty seven kilometers, which is like twenty three miles. Um, so that was that was kind of like one of the bigger days, but that at the same time was like towards the end. That's like you get pretty used to those numbers, so you're doing like thirteen hundred meters. Like by the end, it's like if I'm doing something that's three thousand feet, I'm like, oh, that's an easy day. Okay, I got that. Wow. <laughs> um, only 3,000. And that's, to, to be clear, that's total in like the day, not at right, one right, right. like one pass, right? But, um, you know, there's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's up and down and then up again and then down and then up and down basically all day, every day. So how, uh, how high do those passes get that you had to go through? I'm trying to remember that the tallest pass um, was, I think, 25 2500 meters so again that's uh i'm just doing a total rough estimate 7500 feet that's the highest pass there's obviously higher mountains around you but that's that's the highest pass ish wow well i i gotta tell you i was watching some of the gear well i was watching a video that you did a live stream where you unboxed a lot of the gear that you were taking with you yeah. And it seemed like you had a lot of um, freeze dried or dehydrated or whatever you want to call it meals like Mountain House and uh, some backpack peak pan- refuel. Yeah, peak refuel. I saw those in there. I got some of those recently too. Are you completely sick and tired now of those backpacking meals? Honestly, not at all. Like, that's one of the things that I feel like I actually did really well was the two systems that were just, I'm really happy with were my clothing and my food. I talked to other hikers who were like sick and tired of their food, but I made sure I had tons of variety. Um, yeah, they're all like the dehydrated meals, uh, but honestly, those peak refills, they're really good. And I had a lot of variety, which was which was just awesome. So what about, like, what about, like, you guys have more variety of backpacking food down there than we do up here. So like, if you're not doing freeze-dried, what do you guys do? I know, I know. There's a lot, a lot of guys who do longer trails are doing like ramen noodles and Northsides and tuna and spam and things like that. You know what you made famous the ramen bomb. <laughs> like, how many hits has that video had now? Oh, last time I checked, I think it was just under three hundred fifty thousand. Wow, that is so gross. <laughs> On a video about the ramen bomb. Now, now, there's a funny story with that that I think you should tell everybody why that got so popular. Like you said, there was there was a certain so segment. You told me there was a certain segment of the population that was watching it. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and actually just got this comment the other day. Everyone's like, oh, that's prison swole, man. Like, so it is, I guess, like what we call the ramen bomb as backpackers is classic prison food. Like the prisoners would save their rations or whatever, or go and trade. And then like they would feast on what we call a ramen bomb. And it goes by a bunch of different names like swole or I can't remember. Sometimes they'll just call it mash. And so like the comments, if you go and read the comments in that description, there's one thread where there's like a, a prison guard and like other prisoners commenting on it. But it's like totally like <laughs> all friendly of like, oh, yeah, this is what the guys in, in, in our facility did. And other pr- ex-cons are like, yeah, this is what we did. And they're like sharing recipes, they're sharing like tips on how I made it wrong and it was hilarious. So like, apparently it blew up in the, uh, my dad has a theory on why it blew up with like the prison community. Oh yeah. What, what's the theory? Thinks, what's the theory? My dad thinks it's because they're all thinking, how can I make a bomb with ramen? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's great. I want to uh, see some comments. I want to see, see, we're doing this live stream. Some people are just listening, but I want to see some comments of food ideas that you all take out on the trail with you for, for those people I, that are watching right now. Definitely. I saw a I great see. comment that we got to put up here real quick. So if he would only stop oh. smiling long enough to tell us how he liked the GDT. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I think one of the things that's like you're you're kind of like who you are is that you're just you're the happy guy. Like anytime you watch one of your videos, you're just one of the happiest people in the world. And uh I think that's that's what draws people to your channel is is that smile. I was thinking about like making some sort of like hashtag or some sort of like tagline about that, like backcountry forward keep smiling instead of keep moving forward or backcountry forward, like how to backpack happy. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good idea. Now you ask about the, uh, like what other people were eating too. And whenever I was doing the long trail, I was out there for about a month. And every time I went to resupply, I didn't really mail myself anything because I figured it'd be inconvenient trying to find a post office and stuff. And I kind of wanted to go on my own schedule. So I ate as much fresh stuff as I could every time I come into a town. So like I would buy and I haven't eaten a bagel since then, but I would buy like a whole bag of bagels and then some like some kind of meat, whether it was bacon that's pre-cooked. I don't know if y'all got that in grocery stores up in Canada, but you know, they have it, they have it down here and it doesn't really have to be refrigerated or I would get like some salami or something and some string cheese and some of those little, um, I call them Tommy toe tomatoes, but they're like cherry tomatoes. And then I'd make myself a little sandwich and take some spinach with me and throw that on there. There's nothing like something super fresh whenever you're out there and you're sitting on top of a mountain. Although you do have to carry all that stuff with you. Here's, yeah. here's one that's very Canadian butter chicken. Yeah. I make I saw it that. myself I dehydrated the meat rice. Sauce. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know butter chicken is a thing. And then you did a video on making butter chicken in the back country. What, what is butter chicken? So butter chicken, do you guys have, um, uh, what's it called? Tikka masala. Yeah. Like if you go yeah, to an yeah, yeah. Indian restaurant. Yeah. So I was schooled on this actually by like a fine British lady, believe it or not. <laughs> she was, uh, one of the, the housekeepers at a, at a bed and breakfast I was staying in. And she kind of explained. So like butter chicken is what Canadians call like chicken tikka masala. 
um, in like England, although it's a little bit different, butter chicken saucier. So it's basically like an aromatic, mild curry, but it is so it good. Is, it, it's so good. It's considered like Canadian fare, even though it's Indian. Now that I know that, I, I love butter chicken then. Like I genuinely love it because I love tikka masala. Yeah, like I'll I'll just eat it all the time. And yeah, I found like this recipe of like the dehydrated powder because it's it's you know, there's a couple different ways you can make it with obviously like a sauce or yeah, you can dehydrate. I was afraid of dehydrating the sauce because it's such high fat content, you know, and I know that that can go rancid if you dehydrate it. So finding the like powdered stuff was amazing. So that was uh, that was pretty good. You know, the other thing that I loved that I had a couple of amazing American friends hook me up with some of the delicacies that you guys have that I can't get up here. So one of the flack I get for my ramen bomb video is that I brought a whole can of spam because we don't have spam singles. But I see in the comments, Tanya Browning, she actually sent me some spam singles. She sent me like um, some chicken, some of your guys' star kiss chicken. You can't get that up here. in really? You cannot get chicken in a packet. You can get Nah, you can get tuna, but no chicken. And then um, pulled pork. You guys have pulled pork from good, from great value at Walmart. It's uh-huh. pulled pork in a packet. That stuff was like one of my favorite lunches on the trail. Wow, that in a tortilla awesome. mm, with some cheese. Well, we're getting we're getting some comments about food now. Uh, Girl plus dog adventures. Don't tell anyone. I love to bring Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich. Why not tell anybody? Those are good, <laughs> man. That's only on the first night, though. Like first night food doesn't count. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but we got. I, I added soup. I had soup mixes and freeze dried tofu to potato flakes. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. I've done the. I've done the foot long sandwich at Subway. Get that on the way, and then take half of it with me to eat the first night. That's always okay. good. Yeah, if we're gonna yep. be with J- Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir, you better believe there's gonna be steaks involved. I've if he's gonna be there. Legendary things about those steaks. Oh. It's it's definitely an experience like no other, that's for sure. Jeff Peters added some pepper jerky to the one time mm-hmm. I tried the ramen bomb. Mm. Here's an pasta salad for lunch. I cook and dehydrate orzo, cold soak, and then tri- then add salad dressing, whatever extras I want. That actually sounds really good. Tanya's the one who hooked me up with all the good food, so I'd I'd take what she says seriously. Yeah, no I joke. I wonder why that y'all don't have that stuff at your supermarket in Canada, the single package. It took us forever even to get tuna in single packages. You can only get tuna in like cans up until like two, three years ago. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, I I was curious about your gear. So what was your um, shelter of choice and how did it work out for you whenever you was out there? Any major gear failures? Oh, I have so many gear failures, but we gotta talk all about them. So many stories, you guys. Honestly, it's been it was such a wild ride. Okay, this isn't a gear failure, but this is a this is a hiker failure. Uh Um, So before I actually started the trail, me and my girlfriend and her sister and brother in law, we went camping in Waterton Lakes National Park. And at some point we wanted some coffee or something and the, both of the stove burners were being used. And I was like, well, that's fine. I have like a canister. Um, I'll just grab that. And I purposely brought two canisters, one for camping and then one that I was going to take in the backcountry. Long story short, three days later, we're packing up. I'm getting ready to start the trail. And out of my supplies box, I pull the canister 
And I tell, and I tell my girlfriend, I'm like, oh, I don't need this. This is our camping canister. We use this for camping. I'm going to get the full one that I have for the trip. Anyways, pack everything up, get on the trail first night out there in the back country, getting ready for dinner and no fuel canister. Oh, the one that I had given to her <laughs> was the one that I was supposed to bring. And I'm starting a six day section. And that's the other big thing with the GDT. The sections are big, like six, seven, eight day sections, a 10 day section at the end. Like before resupplies, you've got big, long sections. Yeah, there's no towns up like, there, right? Like there's hardly any towns up there. You go through two towns and then like two sort of like resort areas. And and that's about it. Wow. Then, yeah. What did you do? So fortunately, there was a group of hikers who I had passed um, in the camp area and I knew they were hiking out the next day. And I just thought I got to eat dirt and grovel over there and be like, you've got some spare canister that's half full. I'll just take anything. And in the end, he was like, yeah, I have a full one. I haven't even used yet. (laughs) It was like perfect. But man, I was like, what an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> the trail provides though yeah, the trail provides <laughs> whenever we took a trip to the holy cross wilderness in colorado and whenever we got there so there we all kind of flew separate me and jason backpacking with jason he and i like booked a flight together but everybody was coming from different places so we all kind of just met up there at the airport or at the hotel or whatever. And there was a guy that got there earlier than us. And we were like, dude, can you pick us up some fuel canisters? Like since you're, you're in Denver hours before our flight even gets there. He's like, yeah, I'll get you. And then the only thing he could get was like the biggest canisters that Walmart sold. So we all <laughs> were at 13,000 feet carrying, it wasn't much extra weight, but you know, it's like twice the weight of a, one of those small canisters. And then on the way out, we had hardly used any of the fuel. We should have just split it or something. I was going to say, but, you should have used it to start your fires every night. Like use up as much of that <laughs> stuff as you possibly could. There's a fire van. There's a fire van, but we didn't know. But we won't tell anything about that. I don't know anything so, about it. On the way out, um, there's like a Boy Scout troop or something, and we gave them like you can't fly home with the canisters, right? You got to do something with them. So yeah. we uh, we just gave them all to that Boy mm-hmm. Scout crew. So they left with like five full giant canisters. Yeah, I feel like that's enough fuel in one of those things to like last me. Like I probably got could have had one of those for almost the entire trip because like usually for like actually I know for a fact now seven days the smallest canister will last me seven days on the trail. Um, and I feel like most people bring the big canister just out of fear. Uh-huh. And I mean, the medium canister out of fear. Like, I don't know when you would need the big canister unless you're doing like a group trip and you're cooking for everybody. Yeah. But how often were you cooking? I cook every night. Yeah. So I no, mean, didn't heat up any water for coffee or breakfast or anything either. Coffee, occasionally breakfast. It was like 50% oatmeal or 50% granola, which was just cold water. Um, so... Yeah, coffee every morning, oatmeal. Although coffee, I didn't boil the water. I would just heat it up because I don't like yeah. my coffee boiling yeah. hot. I just want it a little bit warm. And uh-huh. I do that in my tent. It was, I was the nicest way to wake up in the morning. I like grab my pot, do that. Like <sighs> grab my coffee, do that. Wake up slowly. Mm-hmm. That was the way to do it. Um, and then, yeah, meals. But I would, I would, that with the BRS 3000, that was enough to, uh, to get me through seven days. 
There's a question that keeps popping up, and we got to ask this. It has to be in here. But uh, did Jesse get charged by a grizzly? <laughs> I wit. No, I don't wish. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I, somebody else commented. Justin, Justin outdoors. He did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like crazy encounter there. Um, Savage but, Cabbage says that everyone get on the GDT gets charged by a grizzly. It does seem it is. It's not uncommon. Um, there's been accounts where like people are like, oh yeah, that's the eighth grizzly I've seen for the day kind of thing. Um, but no, to be honest, I saw very few grizzlies, very little wildlife in general. I did see two grizzlies and I was close to two grizzlies. I have like two close not calls that's not right but they were really close by like within five yards um from me but they were in the bush i knew they were there just because of the scat and on the uh, another occasion a guy was like hey did you see oh no not a grizzly a black bear he's like did you see the black bear up the trail i was like no but i heard him because literally i was like peeing in the woods and all of a sudden the trees behind me start moving and i grab my bear spray and shout and he just runs up through the bush but i couldn't see anything but then there was two other times where I could I saw two grizzlies and they but they were safely a distance away from me. Yeah. Did you have to do bear canister up there? I used uh, the ursacs. So bear canister. There's no regulation on whether or not you have to have bear canister or ursac. Um, like they haven't ruled out the ursac. I know in states certain par- um, parks they have, but you can have either or. So I did the ursac the whole way up. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Were you afraid that if a bear gets your stuff? Because Ursac, I know that it could still smash your food if a bear gets it right. Bear yeah. canister could break it open and eat your food, or it could fully protect it. Ursac, it could smash it, but there's supposed to be some kind of coating or something, right? So, like, they can chew. The whole idea is that they can't tear it. And so, like, I guess they can gnaw on it. And mm-hmm. so people talk about, they call it, like, bear tea um, because you just get mushy, like, saliva food. Mm. But you can survive. Just yeah, like but, like, you can survive make- off of it. So it's like you still probably have to get off the trail early or, or do something. Um, but you're not like it's not like you have no food. You know, maybe two or three bags would be bitten through. But but no, I, ha- I had no issues with that. I mean, it's the nice thing is grizzlies will generally prefer to go to places where they know human activity is. And because it's it's fairly remote it's one of two extremes. It's either in the national parks where they have bear lockers and your, your, your food's pretty safe, or it's pretty remote places where people don't frequent. So bears aren't going to be drawn there unless people have been, you know, taking really poor care of, of, of food choices and whatnot. But uh, for the most part, we try to be pretty good up there. So, but what do you do with the earth sack? Do you have like a special knot where you tie it to a tree or something? Yeah. So I put my stuff in like a nylo flume bag, which is an odor proof bag and oh. then put it in the ear sack. And then, yeah, there's um, a figure eight. Um, no, it's a, I can't remember the title. It's not figure eight though. Double, double uh, crossover, double clove. Anyways, it's, it's a knot. I know it now by, by mind, it's really easy and you just tie it to tree. And the, the, what's nice about it is the bear can pull on it, won't be able to break the knot, but it also won't make the knot so tight that you won't be able to undo it. You'll always be able to just twist it the other way and it undoes itself pretty easily. Did your bag ever get messed with? No. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So what other, what other gear failures did you have? Um, yeah, so. Well, I wouldn't say it's a failure. You asked me about my tent, though. 
Um, you guys, yeah. you guys, have, you've just, I was just listening to the episode. Um, I'm catching up on some of your guys' summer stuff and, and you just got a new tent. I was looking at that Sea to Summit too. It sounds like a pretty cool tent. Um, yeah. But I'm using the X-Mid, the X-Mid one person, Dan uh-huh. Durston's, uh oh, tent. Nice tent. Yeah, I've used it. So I was actually, so he, I was one of the first, I guess, like, 600 people to get that tent because he did two kind of smaller releases and then a big release and i was on the second one and uh he told me that i was like it was between me and another guy as to whether or not we were the first people to place the order uh so i had been waiting for that tent and i love that tent um that being said uh i broke my trekking poles on the the trail and had to get new trekking poles and didn't test to see whether or not the grommet because you put your trekking poles in upside down in that tent. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I knew that there had been reports of like, sometimes people's holes poking through the the peak of the tent. I think he's fixed that now. I think that's not an issue anymore, but it was with the first couple batches. And um, I wasn't, I didn't think about it and it was fine most nights, but there was one really, really windy night where I really cinched everything down as tight as I could. And as I was setting it up, I poked just a tiny little hole oh. right through the peak. But yeah. So yeah. but it didn't but I was able to like tape it up and didn't have any leaking. So wow. <laughs> Very fortunate there. What happened yeah. with the trekking poles? Sorry? What happened with the trekking poles? Oh yeah, I it doesn't sound like he wants to tell this story. <laughs> I didn't I didn't say the trekking poles broke. I said oh. I broke the trekking poles. Uh, let me guess. They snap lock. You tighten it up too much. Snap. No, nope. he got in a fight with a grizzly bear. Hit it over the head twice. One with one, one with the other. Broke both of mm-hmm. them. See, I know how the story works. I've done it myself. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's funny. Like some of the things you don't see on these, when people do these long trails, like everyone shows the highlights and it looks like this amazing, awesome experience. Or maybe they show you the like, really hard challenging things but they don't show you the kind of like monotony or the like ups and the downs and uh and you can get grumpy sometimes and you can lose your temper sometimes and sometimes you're trying to film something and flies literally keep landing in front of your camera and you film it like 20 times and finally you take your trekking poles and you smack them on the ground and one breaks <laughs> okay, I now that you mentioned that, I, I'm gonna I, now that you've talked about that, people in your comments, I would love to hear your stories of of just times you reacted really bad out of anger because of something that happened on the trail. Because I know when I was doing the Sheltoe Trace, we had rain forever, and I was hiking up yeah. Peter's Mountain, which is this one area on it, and it was just slick mud. Like the trail wasn't even a trail anymore; it was just a mudslide. And you couldn't walk 10 to 15 feet without sliding and falling. I mean, by the time we got to the top of that thing, me and my buddy Brian were both covered in mud because we just kept falling down all the time. And there was one point where I just got up and let out a primal scream at the top of my (laughs) lungs because I was so angry at this stupid trail. And uh, I just want to know, like, what what are some things you guys have done, like, on the trail when you've just gotten mad? I'm I'm just curious. Jeremiah, have you ever had an experience like that? Uh, I mean, on the long trail, sometimes it's really frustrating. Like the whole time it was muddy the entire time. So you're always fighting that. And that's pretty frustrating. 
But uh, I'd say one thing that was almost a breaking point for me, like you're talking about the camera, Jesse, mm-hmm. and the, how the flies kept going in front of it. Well, I started the long trail like the the weekend that you could start it. So it's marking the end of mud season and the the flies, the black flies were so awful at the very beginning, like to the point where I had to tuck my pants in my socks and put on gloves when I stopped walking and hate black put flies. a head in. Yeah, put a head net on and I had to like lift it up to eat, you know, and like, you know, eat something, put it back down while I was chewing. So annoying. And then toward the end of the trip, I was filming it and I had this little um, point and shoot camera is a Sony HX something, HX 80 or something. And when you turn it on, like the lens, it like extracts and it goes out. And then we turn it off it retracts and a black fly got stuck inside the lens. Oh. So like a bunch of, I turned my camera on and I was like, what is this little black speck? And then like, I finally figured out it was a fly. So I was like taking my camera and just beating it as hard as I could against my hand, you know, trying not to break it, but I was trying to get the fly in the corner so that it wouldn't be in the frame. So oh. that, that made me really frustrated, but yeah, I think that's that's the biggest. <laughs> Look at Mark. Marco's hiking. He said, uh, last five miles of pictured rocks, three days in the rain, slipped into a bunch of mud. Trekking pole soars through the woods. <laughs> Didn't feel better. <laughs> Just javelin. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, yeah. Speaking of javelin, I read this a few minutes ago from uh, Jess. He put, on, he put a comment practicing the javelin throw. And I was going to ask you guys. And um, Jesse, you can you can answer John's question here in just a second about the getting angry. But I was curious, doing this safely, of course. So here's my little disclaimer. Even though I have almost killed a couple of people that have been hiking with me, Jeremiah do you all ever? <laughs> yeah, almost. But they're friends. Admission of homicide. Okay, well, you, you, got, you all heard it. Admission of homicide. Right now. <laughs> Well, no, it's accidental, so I guess it'd technically be manslaughter, right? <laughs> and near, near homicide. Near there you homicide. go. There you go. So, if y'all are ever like climbing down, or like you have to go down a ladder or something, do y'all make sure nobody's at the bottom? And then you all throw your trekking poles to see if you can stick them. No, you never do that. No, I could try next I've time. Never climbed, I've never climbed down a ladder while backpacking. Well, you know, well, hmm. Some areas are like super, super steep, you know, where it's all uh, the terrain is super rocky and you're climbing down rocks and stuff. And they anchor those ladders into the rocks. So, yeah, sometimes when I'm climbing down those, I'll be like, look out below. Uh, just Mark eat. said, you mean that time you tried to push me off ox here? <laughs> that was a different instance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, this is great. Tanya Browning commented. She goes, my first backpacking trip was on the Knobstone. Missed my turn, went only a mile past it, and had a huge pity party, laid on the trail, and cried. <laughs> I might have overreacted. I might have overreacted. I just thought of another one, but before I before I tell it about the getting angry, uh, I'll let I'll let Jesse share because I'm sure you had your your uh, your fair share of frustration while you're out there through hugging the gdt well i think honestly the me breaking my trekking poles was like probably the main one <laughs> um, after that i like was like okay i gotta i gotta get myself in check and and there was definitely lots of frustration yeah tons of mud um sometimes that was really annoying especially the last section so a lot of people won't do the last section 
little stop in Jasper um, in, in Jasper National Park. And the last, which is really kind of crazy because that's only two thirds of the trail. You know, they'll say they do the G- the GDT, but they only did about two thirds of the trail. Now this year was different. There's a lot of, of technical issues. There was a trail that washed out and, and where people would normally resupply, they weren't able to. So this year was a little bit different, but um, regardless, those last two sections are just mud bogs and, uh, and wet, muddy every day. But I don't think I like lost my temper. I, I got really, there was one point where I had to push through a bunch of willows and there was this like deep river cutting through all the willows. And every so often you'd get to it and you have to find some place where there's a gravel bar to cut through it. And finally I got to a point where I seriously considered jumping in the river and swimming, but <laughs> I was like, instead of the willows, I'm just going to swim. I'm soaking wet anyways, but I didn't. Oh man. Well, Here's, I went. here's another one real quick. Hiking up Donahue Pass, it started to rain out of nowhere. I screamed the F word super loud, thinking I was alone. From somewhere near the top, someone else yelled back, yep. <laughs> 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 Misery loves company. Oh, okay, Absolutely. that's funny. <laughs> my, I, I just remembered something else. I didn't do this, but I was tempted to. My shoe broke. Um, my roommate was supposed to send me a, a, a replacement pair of shoes and I told them, like, hey, they're in the garage. They're a brand new box of Saucony gray trail runners. Can you send them to me? And a buddy of mine was meeting out to hike with me for a day. So he gets there and I'm like, hey, Bob, first things first, give me those new shoes. Nice new shoes. Pulls out an old ratty tatty pair of winter hiking boots and puts them on his truck. <laughs> and I literally looked at him like, you're joking, right? This is a joke. And he's like, nope, that's what your roommate gave me. And I'm like, no. So I had to hike through that section. My shoes fell apart. And there was one point where I seriously was trying to fix them. And I almost took my shoe and chucked it into the woods. Oh, man. But then I realized that would be a bad idea. <laughs> Worse than a broken shoe. <laughs> what, what happened to your broken shoe? Uh, it just was like slowly, gradually coming apart. So basically, in the end, it was like toe, the top of the, the upper and the uh-huh. bottom. Um, and they were just like flopping with my foot in the middle. <laughs> Wow. Is this an isolated incident or what kind of shoes are you wearing? Are they known for that? Uh, that was the, so that was this, that was actually the Saucony Mad River Trail twos. Um, and, but they were like, like the GDT is a shoe eating trail. Like it, it tears up shoes. It is, you're knowing to do about two to three pairs of shoes in that, on that trail. And, um, they shouldn't have been pushed as far as they were. They were ready to be done after two sections, but because my roommate sent me the wrong shoes, I had to push them through and that's what broke them. Uh, now I personally, right. I, I, I just did a video not too long about how much I hate those shoes. I know. I like them. They were, they were actually my favorite shoes on the trail, but in the end, even though they broke and were junky for that, but <laughs> yeah, I actually not switched durable. it up. I actually just switched up to the, uh, Topo Ultra Venture Pros. I went that I'm route still, this time. I'm still looking for the perfect shoe, you guys. Yeah, I know. Aren't we all? I got, I got high hopes on these new ones. I got real high hopes. Like the best okay. way, to, you know, the best way to find out gear is if you have a YouTube channel, just ask people what they use. And not with shoes. Well, see, I did, and and that I didn't even know about the Ultra Ventures. Oh, and and so that that helped me figure like. When I went to the my outfitter, I like literally walked in and I had four shoes that people on my that left comments had said try these. So mm-hmm. I went on and, and tried all four and ended up with the Ultra Ventures. I gotta say, be careful doing that. 
because I had I done a video and I asked for like it was either shoe inserts or shoes and that video blew up, which is great. But then you get a lot of comments. That's what I was thinking. You have to respond to those comments, and then you get like 50 shoe choices. Listen, I can't help it if I like the people that subscribe to my channel, Jeremiah. I can't help I it if like you don't like your subscribers. You don't want to comment back to them. That's not that's, that's between you and them, man. Like Personally, I like when I get a lot of comments that I get to combat back to. Jeremiah is like, oh, I've got to be personable uh, again. People don't I'm realize not- this is an all an act, and I'm not really a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> This was way. This was like way more views than subscribers. So these, the, first of all, these weren't subscribers. Second of all, I still care about those people, yeah, even though they're viewers. They're not subscribers, but they're they're helping me make money watching my videos. But I don't want to comment back to them. Now, they did help me make a lot of money on that video. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but look at this right here. Me. Here it comes. Are you ready? Yep. And Jeremiah's truth comes out. Oh, come on, Jeff. Hey, Whoa, Jeremiah, Jeremiah hates his re- subs. I'm still <laughs> responding to a bunch of prisoners with the ramen bomb, okay? If I've got to do it with a bunch of inmates and ex-cons, you got to do it with these viewers. Oh, that's it's, so funny. Yeah. Hey, all right, Joel Koss, hashtag Team JK. That's right. What? This is a team. That's just because you guys share the same initials. He's saying, oh, yeah. yay, Joel Koss, Team Joel Koss. That's right. Yeah, that's sure. right. Plus, we, plus I met him at Pictured Rocks. That was a really uh-huh. cool thing. I was like hiking up the hill, and this guy comes up over the hill, and he goes, what's up, John? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, really nice guy. Joel's super nice guy, man. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, you guys want to hear about my but frustrating? Jeremiah hates his subs. Just keep that up there for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here's what happened. I went, I was telling John about this. I went on this solo and same guy with no merch. Come on, ink blots. Okay. <laughs> with the merch, here's my idea. All right. John has been, I wouldn't say pestering, but oh, I've he has totally been, been pestering you for like two years. <laughs> he's been trying to get me to do this merch. And, um, I think that I will do maybe a quarterly merch. So, or maybe every six months. So I'll do like a, a t-shirt or a hoodie or something that you can get for a limited time, maybe like a month or something. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I want to tell you guys about my frustrating. Yes. Uh, my yeah. I want to hear about this. So I went on this solo and there was this little piece of the shell toe that I hadn't done between the start point and what I mistakenly thought was the midpoint, according to John, even though the sign says, this is the midpoint yeah. of the show. Series. So um, from that point, there's like this little B section that I needed to do still. So I did it over the weekend and I had to get off work Friday and then I had to pack all my stuff up and then I hit the trail. So my wife dropped me off at one point and I parked my truck at the other and I started hiking and I was like, man, it is starting to get dark really quick. And I didn't realize how late of a start I had gotten and how how early it gets or how dark it gets uh, or how fast it gets dark here now. You know, it's like seven o'clock and it's already starting to get dark. So I'm hiking and I reach the first campsite and then there's another one a mile away. So I'm like, 
man, this first campsite sucks. I'm not staying here. Maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Mm. I got to tell you, most of the time it's not. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept hiking. And at this point, I was like, this mile, this will take no time. Except the Sheltoe, it crossed this road and there's like no signage. And so I followed the road and then I went across this creek and I was like, oh, this must be the trail, even though there, there are no blazes. And I followed that for I don't know how long. And then I was like, where is the trail? Like I'm looking at my GPS and it's like the trail is right over here and you're right here. And you know how sometimes on your phone, like you can zoom in, but you're still not close enough for it to like accurately put you where you're really at. So I was like, the trail's got to be right here. So I cut through the woods. I was like, I must be on an old four-wheeler trail or something. And I'm really, really close to the trail. So I walked through the woods and I was like, this is dumb. I'm going to have to backtrack because I'm not trying to get lost out here by myself. Well, I, I backtrack, walk all the way back along the road. And then there it is. I should have just directly crossed the road, like hit the road, walk directly across and there are the blazes that I didn't see at all. I hit my campsite. I camp, come home. But while I was out there doing that wrong turn, I don't know if I'll put it in the video or not. I was just like, man, this is so freaking frustrating because it's already getting dark and I should have stayed at that first campsite and I'm an idiot for not staying there. And I thought the other one would be better. And then I had to set up in the dark and I wanted to film a video while I was out there. I was so angry. That's not even the worst part. So I come home the next day, take a shower, and I'm all itchy. And wouldn't you know it, walking through all those woods, I got into some more chiggers. <laughs> Again! Again! Do they have chiggers in Canada? No, I, I thought you were going to say something completely different, and then you said chiggers, and I was like, I don't know what that is. I was is, expecting poison ivy, bad. but chiggers are terrible. What's a, what's a chigger? Oh, bro, it is your worst nightmare. It is like one time I was covered in them so bad. I had to go to the doctor and she gave me this cream and I had to lather in it from neck down to my feet and sleep in that cream all night. And then the next morning, wash it off. And it's like almost like petroleum jelly. And then for a week, I had to get like a steroid shot because the itching is so bad. Yeah, they're and little bugs. Start- Chickers are little bugs. They're, and they just bite you by the hundreds. It's it's horrible. It turns into this nasty rash. It's super uncomfortable. So they like microscopic, like you can't see them. Well, if you got a macro lens like camera, you know, like the new iPhone, I think that you can zoom in and do the macro stuff. You'll be able to see them with that. They're not so tiny that you need a microscope, but um, they're not. You can't see them with the naked eye. Oh, that's yeah. So, that sounds legit awful. It's yeah, it's um, pretty awful. There's no doubt about that. We do, we do have a question for you, though. I want to make sure we don't miss the questions that people want to ask you. Uh, what is your all-time favorite camp meal? Oh, that's a good question. Um, peak refuels make some really good meals. I was I was repping the peak refuels basically almost the whole trail. So it would be a peak refuel, um, which I feel like maybe is a cop-out. Like maybe people are looking for like a meal that I make. But man, they have this um, sweet pork, sweet pork and rice, and it is like pulled pork with like beans and rice and corn. It's like sweet, but like a little peppery. It is really, really good. That actually sounds delicious. I also tried biscuits and gravy for the first time ever in my life. 
<laughs> now, did you do the peak refuel one that actually yeah. comes with a full size biscuit? Two. Yeah, have you seen Two. that, Jeremiah? Well, their I'm biscuits and gravy come with full size biscuits. I uh, hope that, I was hoping that you guys have tried them so you could tell me whether or not they're authentic southern biscuits and gravy. Come over well, to my house, I'll make you some. <laughs> they're not they're not gonna be authentic. Even though Peak Refuel, they do some really good stuff. That breakfast, the granola strawberry thing, that is legit. Have you tried that? Oh yeah. Have you tried their have you tried their skillet? Their breakfast skillet? No, I tried the mountain house one. I didn't okay. care for it. Here's no, 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 no. I literally had them back to back one day, or like day after day ones just to uh-huh. try them. And no, the peak refuel skillet is like so good. I have it behind me right now. I have not done it yet. I've had it forever. I just haven't made it. I I didn't realize when you make these egg ones, you don't just put the water in. You actually then take it and pour that into a pan and cook it because it's like no. so much better that way. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, but that's too much work. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I haven't made it yet. Okay, but the skillet, you don't have to, man. The skillet, I like, you can even just eat that out of the bag, but if you really want to take it to the next level, put that in, like, a wrap, and you get yourself a breakfast wrap. And honestly, the Peak Refuel skillet, it is, it's good just by itself. It's it's It was one of my favorite breakfasts. Really? It was, like, a specialty breakfast on the trail. I had it, like, probably 10 times, yeah. See, I did the packet the packet gourmet ones that had the, uh, the eggs, like, the diner eggs. Dude, you cook those in a pan, and it's just, you don't even realize you're not eating, like, eggs out of a actual like shell it it was so good i've so, heard amazing things with packet gourmet haven't had them yet though yeah the- okay. so check this out with the chiggers what jeremiah was talking about earlier tanya browning she had the worst poison ivy and chiggers at the same time oh tanya i'm same so time. sorry you have had some rough backpacking experiences why are you still going out like you must really <laughs> love it because like <laughs> most people go through that much stuff and they are not going to go back at out at all so kudos to you the that um what was it pork pork something that peak refuel you're talking about work with rice yeah there this makes two trips in a row that i've went and not taken that like each time i've looked at it i'm I'm like man that looks pretty good i think i'm gonna take it and then i'm like no i'm gonna take something else it is really tasty. And like, if you like, you know, you know how sometimes you rehydrate rehydrated meals and the meat still is a little crunchy. Uh huh. No, no, no. The pulled pork is like actually tender. That was had- stowaway gourmet for me. Stowaway gourmet does this beer bison, black bean chili. Ooh, okay. Good. And I'm not kidding you, man. Like it's the best freeze dried meal period I've ever eaten. And I've eaten all wow. the, these other ones and it's, so stupid good so stupid good check out what doc watson said this is a great idea bring my own biscuits and mix up instant gravy instant sausage gravy better than the mountain house biscuits and gravy i'm not sold on the mountain house stuff i don't like mountain house i think mountain house is disgusting but that's just me i wouldn't say disgusting but i I I will i I will you don't have to i'll say it for you it's disgusting like (laughs) like everybody's talking about the beef, beef stroganoff saying how great it was and i was like I got it, and all I could think was, there's no flavor to this. Like, I'd had Peak Refuel, and I'd had some of these other companies, their food. And once you've had those and you get Mountain House, you know why they sell yeah. it at Walmart. You know? Like, <laughs> you guys have Chef Boyardee there? Oh, of yeah. Course. Okay, so to, to me, like, Mountain House is like the Chef Boyardee of backpacking food. It's yes. like when you want Chef Boyardee, you don't want somebody to give you authentic Italian ravioli. 
you want cheap canned ravioli. So when I want Mountain House, I want Mountain House. Like their lasagna, I love their lasagna. But I'm not going into it expecting like a gourmet flavors and vegetables, you know. Yeah, lasagna from Mountain House. I'm telling you, it's really good. Although uh, Peak Refuel's marinara pasta is has at least tied with my love that for lasagna. That is really good. That is really good. It is really good. I've had that. Yeah. Uh, John, I think you have to temper your expectations. I think Jesse's right. You have to know what you're getting mm-hmm. when it comes to the mountain house. And, and you're that's getting, why I know I don't like it, so I don't buy it. Does it belong right there on the shelf <laughs> with the outdoor research gear at Walmart? Outdoor research? Outdoor research makes great well, not gear. Outdoor, not outdoor research. Are you talking about outdoor products? Is that what it's called? The, it's the, the Walmart, Walmart brand? brand? Yeah, outdoor not products. Outdoor yeah, outdoor yeah, they products. make the awesome jackets. I'll say no, healing. it does not belong on the shelves with outdoor research because outdoor research yeah. makes quality gear. So, yeah, just just I retract I retract my statement. <laughs> oh, this yes, it, they do actually. They have a new oh. elk meal. I really want to try those. They have like three. There's like a I don't know I can't remember who there. It's like a famous hunter or adventurer guy, and it's like his like secret three recipes or something special three recipes i really want to try those that just sounds really good (laughs) it's called gonex (laughs) that's the walmart gear it's okay so jesse do you understand the gonex thing have you heard what this is all about no i actually feel like i'm missing something i've been listening for the past like month and a half we're catching up on the past month and it's like what what happened jeremiah well i went on this backpacking trip with the shields and I was I was trying out one of these cheap. John says it's Japanese. I don't know why, but I think it's a Chinese company. And they are uh, their front is an American company. So if you look at their website, everything looks like it's an authentic American company. But it's like one of those cheap Amazon, you know, backpacking. Look, Jeremiah's <laughs> a Gonex ambassador. No, I'm not. <laughs> So I tried out this backpack, didn't make a video about it. You know, people send you stuff all the time. If you yeah. have a YouTube channel, yeah. it doesn't really matter how small or big they'll still send you stuff. So they sent this and I was like, I'll try it out on this trip. And so I didn't make a video or anything, but the shields put <laughs> the shields put me in there. And I think they made fun of me for trying out the, yes. the backpack. It's, it's like one of those $40 Amazon ones. Yes. So and then it, Took a life of its own. Like Mustang Seven Seven Four says, I wear Jeremiah Stringer Signature Series trail shoes made by Conex. Okay, but was it awful? Was it like, did you hate the backpack? Well, we gave it away on this podcast. Yeah, we did. We gave it away last. Uh, so last the question season. remains: Did you hate the backpack? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think I had enough. Anything works, you know. Yeah. Whenever you're, whenever you're going backpacking. So if you have a forty dollar budget to buy your backpack. Get on Amazon and buy you one. It's yeah. not going to be super comfortable, and you can't customize it, and it's going to be heavier. But if it'll get you out there, you know, I'm sure it's fine. If you, uh, it's better than some that I've been sent. I told John about one that I was snapping the hip belt after packing it up, and it completely ripped off. Like one of the hip belt sides, like the threading completely out. That's some oh, quality. That's some quality gear right there. It oh, wasn't maybe Oh, you know, we were talking about the elk thing earlier. Uh-huh. All things outdoors. Chad yes. Mendez, he used to be a UFC fighter. Now he's a guide. Yeah, that's it, Chad Mendez. So did he beat up the elk by hand? Yeah. <laughs> and and he like he supposedly he tenderizes the meat with his fists. That would make oh. a lot of sense. 
Yeah. You think he's Canadian too? The more you know. I don't think he's Canadian. I'm going to take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing says Canadian like Chad Mendez. Exactly. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> well, it's it's Latin Appreciation Month, so we're appreciating appreciating Chad Mendez and his uh, elk food, which that sounds yeah. really good. I'm not gonna lie, I'd love to get my hands on that. I'm just saying that sounds incredible. Peak, if you're listening, hook a brother up. Yeah, we got three guys right here that would be fantastic ambassadors. Just throwing it out there. I ordered quite a few peak refuel meals. Jason's the one that turned me on to them. And then the first one I tried was that strawberry granola one for yeah. breakfast. And if you have cold water to put in there, it's like eating cereal. It is so good. Mm-hmm. There's lots of cold water up here in Canada. <laughs> this is hilarious. I have an arrowhead from Walmart. It sucks. <laughs> I wanted to do a video actually. I wanted to do a video actually where I like take like three to four hundred dollars and go to Walmart and buy an entire backpacking kit and then go backpacking with it. And like, you're not allowed to steal that, Jeremiah. Don't even think about it. It could be a collaboration. We could do a collaboration. The three of us. I have to come down there because I feel like American Walmarts would have better stuff than Canadians. Well, I had that idea. And (laughs) I had that. I have like a list of notes on my phone with like 250 ideas because sometimes I'll just be laying in bed and then I'll think of one while I'm trying to go to sleep or you'll be walking on the trail and you'll be like, oh, this make a good video. So I had that idea and I'm sure it's not original. I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of people have done it for a lot of different things. Yeah, I'm totally. I don't want to spend the money on it. I want if Walmart will sponsor the video, then I will do it. But until they do, I don't think I'll do it because I don't so, want to pay them. Money. So, new news update for everybody: Jeremiah is never doing that video. <laughs> Walmart sponsors it, though. <laughs> so, so Jeff Peters just asked, "Tell us about your new App Gear hoodie." Oh, you mean this App Gear hoodie right here that I finally oh. got after two years of trying to buy one of these things? It looks soft. What is it? It's it's my my alpaca hoodie that I've been trying to buy for like what feels like twenty years, and every time I go to buy it, they're sold out. This thing is awesome. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to get into a big story about because this isn't about me, but yeah, that thing is incredible. I actually wear it like two or three days a week now. It's stupid nice. You should get one, Jesse. Appalachian Gear Company. Appalachian Gear Company. It is. It's expensive. I'm just going to leave it at that. They're not cheap. Yeah, but I know what hoodie I wear like. Two to three times a week. What's that? My Ventus. my Ventus, my Ventus hoodie. Oh, from from, yeah, from Outdoor Vitals. Did they sponsor your trip? They sponsored. Yeah, they sponsored. They were amazing. I actually have the the good old Shadow Lake right here. Um, and yeah, they're I love their. You've been I've been hearing you say on the podcast just that they're really stepping up with their clothing and whatnot. And yeah, I my clothing was all Outdoor Vitals, pretty much all of it except for I think two pieces. And I was so happy. Oh, they yeah. make great stuff. They are they are a loyal supporter of the podcast. Yeah, awesome. I like their gear, man. That shadow light, I have used it a lot. And we even uh, there's a shadow light hanging right here. over there. <clears throat> yeah, we even come on here and talk to them about it and like things that I would change and things that I loved, and we had great conversation. 
I know. I love that podcast. I was like listening and being like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You, you know what? Some, you know what? Somebody called this, this. They called it. I, she turned around. And she thought it was a different backpack. She's like, oh, I've been really liking that backpack. And then it was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if you know, like, you know, Outdoor Vitals. And she's like, oh no, I thought it was. I don't know what brand she thought it was. She walks behind me and she says, your backpack has a butt. <laughs> 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 okay, for that people- is fantastic. That's hilarious. <laughs> for people that are just listening, we're talking about the Shadow Lot 45 liter backpack, and it has a zipper right down. I don't know. John calls it the the back, but it's the front. The front right? Yeah, it's it's it should be called the back pocket. It makes no sense it's, why that is called the front pocket. It's the front, John. It makes no sense. How is that the front when it's the furthest thing behind you? Yeah, we're not gonna get into this. Exactly. <laughs> Because I'm right. <laughs> I'm indifferent on the issue. Dude, but I don't actually don't give a rip. I just think it's funny to talk about. You should see some of the comments. People are calling it a butt pack or a booty pack. <laughs> <laughs> the booty backpack. Booty the back butt pack. pack. It's the that's, back. That's right, Jeff Peters. It's the back. Uh, <laughs> I, so what's that? Some, Evan said I got the 60 liter. I started out with the 60 liter and ended up ending the trail with the 45 liter. Totally a back so, pocket. Um, it's a back. Yeah, I, I, if you're saying 45 liters is a wussy backpack, it could hold. Yeah, this backpack, I loaded it up with like 45 pounds at one point. Um, oh, wow. And and yeah, it, it carries weight. Like, so, like, I mean, 45 pounds is not comfortable no matter what you're carrying. Mm-hmm. But I was amazed by how well the shadow light carries the weight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great. And those hip belt pockets, oh, I mean, they are so deep. You can lose stuff in there. It's, yeah. It reminded All me of the ULA food. backpacks, actually. Like, ULA has really deep back pockets or side pockets. It's the same thing, man. That's a, It's amazing how big those pockets are. Yeah. How about, what, no, what did you say, say you were going to put in there, Jesse? I put, like, all my food for the day, other than, like, my dinner – uh-huh. But like I would have all my snacks, my lunch, everything in there. Well, sometimes I guess not lunch, like my wraps and stuff I had to keep in my my top pocket. But and I wasn't a huge fan of the zipper down the middle at first. I thought that was really lame. But by the end, you know, I really started to get the hang of it and figuring out some different ways that I could use it. It was nice when it was like raining off and on and I'd be putting the Ventus off and on. I could just instead of having to unroll, stuff it in, roll it back up, roll, just zip up, stuff it in and pull it out later on. So there's a few things that I thought was really lame at the, at the start that actually by the end started to uh, started to win me over. I'm still not a huge fan. I'm not super sold on the zipper, but I do. I think JK, you said you liked the the two pockets. I really like the two. I like the two pockets. That oh, yeah. that was nice because it was good, especially like, especially like uh, when my my, my uh, tarp would get wet. Yep. I could put it on the one side, and anything I didn't want getting wet because it's a nice day out, I could keep on the other side and didn't have to worry about it getting soaked in the process, which was really nice. Uh, yeah, here's I a kept... question for you. Here's a question for you. One of okay. your fellow Canadians wants to ask, how did you pack your bushcraft gear? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I just had a comment, a funny comment on a video. Um, I'm sitting in a, one of those camp chairs, those folding camp chairs, like the backpacking ones. I don't ever usually bring a, a backpacking um, chair unless it's winter camping. And anyway, somebody commented and he said, old Indian proverb says, if a bushcrafter brings a backpacking chair, he's going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not wrong. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. 
Leonidas. Okay, have you guys heard of this backpack? The Nunatak Bear Ears? No. 50? It's a cool backpack. It's actually made for a bear canister. So, like, there's a cool. spot in the bottom of it where you can strap a bear can. It's made perfectly to fit a bear canister on the bottom of the backpack. It's a really cool pack made by Nunatak. So, that's a that's a cool pack. Oh, that is cool. I'm looking it up right now. I'm just curious. Oh, it's, like, even arched at the yeah, bottom. Like yeah, it's, it's arched. It's literally designed arched. for it. Yeah, it's made for the the bear canister so if you're someone who goes out like in, especially in like california and washington and places like that where they expect you to in some of those places out there they expect you to have a bear canister that's a yeah. great backpack yeah hey jesse i was gonna point out something that i still think is lame on the shadow light mm-hmm. you know where you put your trekking poles yeah yeah, the bottom loop is too small for both my trekking poles if they both have the mud baskets on. Did oh, you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. If you put mud baskets on, it is, yeah. I was like, Tayson, this has got to be fixed, man. That's got to be like a cinch or something. Yeah, I was going to say, they should make it like a, a double cinch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, yeah. There was <laughs> something else that I thought was really lame and, and then ended up grow into like and i can't remember what it was exactly oh um although i don't think that was the issue the like back pad mm-hmm. I-, I started getting really weird back rashes i forgot all about this on the trip and my initial thoughts were that i was putting the um butt pad the sit pad i must have put it on some poison ivy or 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 something stinging nettle is really what we have up here mm-hmm. and then put it on my backpack and now it's against my back and oh, uh, that's bad but i'm not sure if that's what it was it was weird i almost wonder if i was getting some sort of heat rash but uh that's what i was gonna say because those pads are kind of giving you an insulation so you're gonna sweat and you know it could give you a heat rash and also the pad on it is it's not like the thermarest pads the little dimples how those are all uniform that one is more like long slits mm-hmm yeah, it's a very unique pad and it odd is. shape too. Yeah, it is. Amy Routes <laughs> coming in saying hi real quick. What's up, Amy? Hey, Amy. She's been on the show. What's up? So, uh, so let's do something real quick. It was we're we're a little over an hour into this thing, and you need to let people know how the how the best way it is to find you, find your videos, learn information about what's going on in your life. So why don't you kind of share with everybody the best ways to contact, find, slash, discover you? Yeah, absolutely. Back, um, Backcountry Forward over on YouTube is probably the best place to be right now. Um, I've got some content over on Instagram as well if you want to go and watch those um, those reels that's there. But I'm just getting the balls going for getting the ball, the ball going for getting the content out, <laughs> the content machine going to get all the videos from the GDT out. I've got, um, I've got over 3,500 video files that I have to sort through and get edited <laughs> together. And it's probably going to be about a nine part video series that I'm really looking forward to a uh, huge thank you to outdoor vitals for making that all possible. And then, um, and then I've got tons of gear reviews that are going to be coming out from the the shadow light because I was I did not I was not keen on this backpack at first, but it took me it took it went the way. Um, anyways, and there's a whole story behind that too. So backcountry forward on YouTube, uh, I'll be posting some more stuff there shortly here as well. Nice, nice. 
And uh, just a real quick update here. Unpaved Explorer says, Wise Man says Bushcrafter would fail if uses hammock hang crapper. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> he's talking about my poop hammock. <laughs> Do you actually have a poop hammock? I heard you mention it. Is this a real thing? Oh, we both have one. Oh, it's very real. Yeah, it's not a joke. It's Dude, real. You know, you know who you need to tell about this? Carl Mandrioli. Him and Derek over on uh, backpacking, backpacking and blisters. Blister. Yeah, they've been. They actually talked to Tayson about designing one of these. You want me? Uh, I'll text him. Is, I'm gonna text. I'll I'll text him right now. Carl Mandrioli, this, right? This is blowing my mind that they actually have one. I want to see. Well, it. <laughs> well, here's what happened. I have uh, a buddy that. I had met him at a hammock hang a couple of years ago in Michigan. This is pre-COVID. And we all went up there. John was there, too. And I ran into this guy, and we started messaging back and forth, and he had made me a backpack because I didn't have a frameless backpack. And he worked for UGQ after this hammock hang. And then I talked to him more, and um, I went up and, you know, I hung out with uh, Chad, who is heading up UGQ, and I, I hung out with my buddy, too, and he was like, hey, man, um, I got this hammock that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only going to make a few, but I want to give you one and yada, yada, and I was like, this is really cool, and I was like, you know, if I promote it on the channel, would you sell them? And he's like, well, I don't really want to, like, do gear creation full time because I'm already working at UGQ, and, you know, he's making underquilts and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And so he he made this website, theportaprivy.com. It's P-O-R-T-A, Porta Privy, theportaprivy.com. And you can go on there and just buy one. You know, anybody can get one that wants to. They just go to the website and order it. You know, I've, I've talked about it a couple of times on my channel. And in my last video, I made a comment about it. I was like, I didn't, I was like, I'm, I'm taking, or I got my poop hammock in here with my hygiene kit or whatever, my TP and all that. And I had a bunch of people comment and be like, I don't see the link to the poop hammock. What is a poop hammock? Where do I get <laughs> This is blowing my mind. Yeah, this is great. Inkblots. I'm just surprised it took this long to talk about poop. Jeff <laughs> Peters almost made it through an entire episode without poop talk. Crisis averted. <laughs> Savage cabbage. Squeeze the poop talk out at the end. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Jesse, um, <laughs> about all those like uh, dehydrated meals. Does that not affect your whole poop life on trail? Oh, you guys, it still is. It still is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got That's lingering effects. <laughs> it's got a weird lingering effect. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, I did text Carl Mandrioli about, I said, I just found out you're interested in a poop hammock. We'll see if I get a response. Uh, I haven't heard back from him yet, so... Knowing the time difference, he's probably eating dinner with his family, and he just saw that come across his phone, which ought to be pretty funny. How do you explain that to your wife? (laughs) (laughs) I've got some guy who says he's got a poop hammock. (laughs) Amy, at least I wasn't too late for the poop conversation. (laughs) Uh, What were you going to say, Jesse? I can't remember. I was going to say, I think I got to get myself one of these. This is blowing. Like I just love love the idea that there's a poop hammock that exists. Yeah, it's it's real. It's like a hammock chair, you know, that uh, you tie between two trees that are shoulder width apart or whatever, yeah. or like arms length apart. And then it's got a hole in the middle. Do you guys actually use it or is it like, yeah, it's kind of a gimmick. Like I've never brought it out on the trail or you're like, no, if I, if I know I have to, I'll bring it out. No, That's, I took it on the it's land between the legs trip and I used it paired with the bidet. It's a perfect combo. 
It, it's I been used. Pretty, I will say that it's it's been used. No I have a pretty it. good pooping technique, but it's not as comfortable as sitting in a hammock and just letting it go. All right, let's let's wrap the show up with okay. this. Hit us with the uh, the pooping technique. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can describe it without like. I feel like I have to move my camera back and show you. Honestly, I learned it actually from a friend who's a hunter, and he learned it from his hunting buddies when he was just getting into hunting because he was always complaining about like how much of a hassle it is. You dig your hole. I'm going to do a whole video on this um, because. I'm sh- it's not like original to me, sure. but I don't feel like enough people know about it. I've heard people like they're doing the hold on to a tree, you know, hold on to a tree behind you, squat against a tree or a rock um, and or do the crab crawl. Have you ever had to do the crab crawl? I don't think I've done the crab crawl. That's a like, new one for you me. Your hands, your hands behind you, your legs and you're just hovering your butt over the hole. No, I haven't done that. <laughs> 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 the imagery, no. I, that's not going to leave my head anytime soon. That's horrible. <laughs> it's that's burned into my like into my imaginary retina right now. That's horrible. Oh. So, anyways, it's really simple. It's just it's it's a genuine deep squat. You just so you squat all the way down. You bend your knees, but then what you do is you you put your um <laughs> you done grabbing. You put your your pants down to your ankles. And then you grab your hands and you pull all the pant fabric and everything forward. And that helps balance you so that your knees can cut your elbows can kind of rest on your knees. You pull the fabric forward. It's out of the way. You're perfectly lined up. You do your thing. And then, um, you know, yeah, we'll just say you do your thing. And then uh, you, (laughs) (laughs) once you're done, you can release the fabric, grab your, keep in a squat position, or you can stand up to wipe depending on what you prefer and, and then uh, shovel it up and you're good to go. That makes sense, man. Cause that, that for, that pushes your center of gravity forward and gives Mm -hmm. you a better equilibrium. Yeah. The only time I've ever had any difficulty is if you're on like a hill or something, then you kind of got to like, you know, but I mean, that's, that's just in general, pooping on a hill is always bad news. Yeah. Yeah. You never have your feet downhill from where you're pooping. That's a dangerous, <laughs> that's a dangerous thing to do. So, okay. So I will say like, we probably need to wrap this up, but I will say one of my favorite things that Jesse has ever done was for a video I put out during the first uh, wave of COVID last year. I asked a bunch of YouTubers to make a video of <laughs> what they're doing to like, work out or keep themselves healthy while they're in the midst of COVID. And I got more comments about what Jesse did than anybody else. And it was literally Jesse upside down doing a handstand upside down and trying to load his backpack upside down and doing it with such a serious face and and talking about how this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But I know if I can do this, it'll make me a better backpacker. And to this day, that is one of my favorite videos ever that I've had the opportunity to do. And it wasn't because of anything I did. It was what you did in the video. It was hilarious. <laughs> All the guys who were in that video were self were just so bummed they didn't come up with it first. It was just a right around when everyone was doing that weird, like, take your shirt off or put your shirt on hanging upside down. I don't know if you guys saw that yeah. on Instagram. So that's where I got the idea. And I just thought, because they were all super serious, like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to take my shirt off while put, holding myself upside down. And, and yeah, that was fun. That was a great video, though. Some yeah. of the other things the guys are coming up to, with, though, was hilarious. Yeah. I think the two best Jeremiah's, were the two Canadian Jeremiah's guys. Like, 
Yeah, doing curls, <laughs> doing coffee curls. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. I remember. I remember yours was the most funny. <laughs> oh, by far. It was great. I appreciated you being a part of it. Jesse, thank you for being on the show tonight. Man, if you'll hang out in the green room for a few minutes, uh, try some of the uh, smoked salami. It's really good. And, uh, we'll do. We'll do. We'll get with you in just a second. Okay. What's up, man? That was fun. Yeah, it was a great time, man. That was, that was great, man. So, uh, Jeremiah, what's going on next week? Oh, I had no idea, but I, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I, can, I can check. I take it one day at a time. Listen, man, we <laughs> I'm on fall break, right? And we close on a different house on Friday. So my life is just enveloped with moving and making videos. That's so true. That's true. I, I filmed, filmed two videos on Friday. I'm editing one today. Tomorrow I'm going to finish that and pack and then get set up in that new studio. So life is so crazy. I just take it one day at a time, man. But I don't I don't mind at all to look on the calendar because <laughs> without it, this the show wouldn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. It looks like um next week. Oh, we're having our buddies on from Sea Tug. Chicken Tramper. Chicken, yeah, Chicken Tramper's on next week, which is gonna be awesome. Uh the week after that. It looks like uh, we've got Doc from the uh, John Freaking Muir podcast. Who's yeah, I was actually I was on his podcast. He's a fun guy, man. He's got a lot of good stories too. You'll you'll really enjoy that. Yeah, it's gonna be it. It's a good couple of weeks we got coming up. Uh, we've also got one that we're gonna be recording Wednesday of this week that'll come out as an audio only. It'll definitely be on YouTube, but it won't be a live stream. And it's even more international than Jesse. Yeah, how does it get more international? I, it just does. It's it's so international. Like you just gotta uh-huh. wait and see. You gotta wait. Oh, and you see. Keep, it a, keep it a surprise. Oh yeah, can't say who it is. Can't okay. say who it is. We'll wait. We'll wait till the week that we're releasing the audio, and we'll let everybody know. Yeah, that sounds good, man. It's well, it's gonna be a great time. And and just as as a reminder, coming up in November on the fifteenth, if everything goes the way it, it's looking right now. Uh huh. Jeremiah is going to geek out that Monday night. I got to tell you, I, I sent an email this week. Well, actually, it was last week on Friday, I think. I sent an email to this person's executive assistant, making sure that this person is still free for the date. And uh, right now, it's all systems go. So, man, I am crossing my fingers. I'm so excited. It's going to be a good episode. It's going to be a Nobody, good episode. Nobody's got no idea. Nope. Actually, actually, <laughs> one person guessed who it was in a private text to me. Oh. So, and it, it, of all people, it was Devin Ashby. Oh, I hope the word doesn't get out. No, he Devin? knows. He knows. We we had we had a long talk about it. I oh. threatened. I threatened to put a black mark on Waymark if if he uh, if he said anything. <laughs> so I would tell everybody that Waymark is the worst company in the world if he said a word. So no, he's, he's cool. He knows what's up. He's, he's, he does a podcast. He gets it. So, uh, but we're excited. This is, this is a big episode for us coming up on the 15th of November. So be ready people. That's all I can say. Be ready. It's going to be a good yeah, time. If you haven't checked out the live streams and you're just a, a listener on the podcast, 
whatever app you're using. That's great too, but that would be an awesome time to check out a live stream because it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And if you want to contact us and uh, give us ideas of, of people you'd love to see on the podcast, you can do that at the backpacking podcast at gmail.com. We would love to uh, hear from you guys and uh, kind of get some input from you all. You're the reason we're doing this anyways. Yeah. Make sure it's an interesting person. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to do Bob from the gas station up the street. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But <laughs> you've already, if you if you saw the fake news, we've been turning down Reese Witherspoon for months now. She keeps trying to get on the show, and we just keep telling her we don't want fake backpackers. We want real backpackers. So, <laughs> Shots fired at Reese Witherspoon. That's right, Reese. I'm coming for you. Um, anyways, with that said, thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. We are so glad that you, you're, you're with us. You're watching this, listening to this online. Have a great night. We'll catch you in the next one. Adios, folks.